Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talking TSM, the Game Houses talk show about TSM's LCS team. I'm Robert Haynes, your host and your guide into the world of TSM's LCS team. And generally, generally, I do the show by myself. But then occasionally, I get great guests that join me as well. Um, everybody give it up for I Am Germ jumping on to Talking TSM. How is it going, sir? Uh, it's going good, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to hop on here. Um, like you said, I am Germ. For those of you guys that don't know, I am a uh, longtime TSM fan. I think we were just talking. It's been like seven years now, which is really, really crazy. All the you know ups and downs of the, the team and the organization. Uh, been doing LCS content creation over on YouTube.com slash I am Germ for the past two years now. Um, I'm sure you know some of you guys have had my videos pop up on your feed or whatever, or Reddit or you know Twitter all over the place. I kind of try and do my own thing all over, love it or hate it. Uh, and yeah, thanks for having me on, my man. No, it's my pleasure. And we've been going back and forth a lot this off season. I think um, it's been probably one of the more, at least from what I've seen, like interactive, you know, uh, off seasons for content creators such as yourself, myself, and a lot of other you know really good people putting out some great content out there. And I think. You know, I wanted to bring you on because, you know, they're they're tired of my perspective. I put my perspective out there every week. And I wanted to have somebody else come in and, you know, really give us, you know, kind of your your true reactions and your true thoughts on everything. And and I think, you know, it's always good to have those other perspectives, not only just because uh, you know, you don't you don't just want mine and then hopefully, you know, while you're listening, uh, you enjoy it, but at the same time, having somebody else to go back and forth with allows you to, you know, kind of create some uh, feedback, to say the least. And 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 with that, we're gonna we're gonna start here with the obvious one: the TSM offseason and their roster. So you know, I think you and I were both a little bit surprised with how this offseason went for TSM. When there were rumors coming out there and, and things that I know you were seeing and, and even some things that I had put out there, which apparently should have happened, but then didn't, um, like, what was your thought with all the Bjergsen drama and, and, and just this weird offseason for TSM as an org? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I was similar to a lot of other people, you know, when I first heard that Bjergsen was coming back. Um, was was pretty dang sure that you know there was no way he was going to leave TSM. 
Um, I totally understood, you know, the whole thing that he has to test free agency. He needs to get some other offers. He needs to, you know, get leverage. He had a new agent. It just seemed like they were doing good business. You know, we're going to go shop ourselves around. We're going to get the best offer possible that we can. Um, but at the same time, part of me, like in the back of my head, and, and I was even telling people this, you know, on YouTube, Twitter, whatever, is that like, anything can happen like so many people told me like oh reckless is never going to leave Fnatic or perks is never going to leave g2 and like i can you know scroll back and see so many of those old comments of of people telling me oh you're an idiot if you think perks is leaving g2 like i posted videos in the past like that um but even you know as a tsm fan having some of my own biases i knew that that was possible and, and i knew like hey tl could be a good opportunity c9 could maybe be a good opportunity hundred thieves that could be kind of interesting. Like, would those be better than TSM, whatever, whatever. But um, at the end of the day, I thought his value to TSM and TSM's value to him, his ownership stake, their history, how he had so much control and everything, you know, in the organization. Um, I really thought it was going to win out in the end. And, and I, you know, I was like 95 plus percent sure he was going to be staying with the team. And I was just excited to have him back. I was ready to roll for another year. <laughs> Um, you know, and like you said, some of the first rumors and reports and stuff coming out, even from pretty good sources, uh, you know, in this thing were that he was leaning towards TSM, that, that things were looking pretty good. And I really think that even like Reggie and, and Parth believed that. I think that's why we saw so much, um, you know, shock and disappointment from them, uh, in that, you know, little video they posted because I, I think he surprised a, a lot of people. Yeah, I think so too, and, and I really think it came down to him wanting this super team. I don't think he wanted any younger players. I don't think he really wanted to mess around. And, you know, I had three different sources telling me, like, very high chances. There was one that, that turned around, like, about two weeks before he ended up shifting, and he was telling me, he was like, hey, this is no longer looking like it's going to happen. I was like, no, you know, my other sources are telling me, like, Bjergsen Reckless, like, that was the player that he wanted to be with, and I still fully believe that that was the case. I think it's part of the reason why Reckless still didn't find a team either. It's because by the time everything broke down with TSM, most of the other rosters were put together. Um, and, you know, obviously, secretly, TL was working with, you know, Bjergsen to bring him over with CoreJJ. And and the thing is, is it, it didn't stop there with TSM's offseason, right? You know, they, they lose Lena, which also loses Doublelift pretty much right at the exact same time. Reggie has his own drama. And then even more recently, since we even last recorded this show, um, Myth has left TSM too. And I know I watched one of your videos about, you know, people talking about whether this is a new era for TSM or not. And I talked a little bit about this last week. Um, I, I, I truly do. And, and when Myth said that he had an announcement, I think it was like two weeks ago now, I was like, oh God, he's, he's gone too, right? Like the big, the three big faces of TSM were Bjergsen, Doublelift, and Myth. They were the big ones. You know, you got Imperial High and Spica, obviously, and, and the Rainbow Six team, and, and now the Valorant team, you know, with Wardell and all of them. But, like, the Valorant team was also very much connected to Myth. So it's like, this TSM offseason has been... I don't know. I don't know if I want to say it's been a total downgrade in, in a sense. It's just been what feels like a natural process for how things work for teams you know they go up and they go down right and so uh yeah I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on well basically all of that as well because we know and I, i'm sure you understand too 
just losing Bjergsen was kind of just the tip of the iceberg for the rest of this team. Yeah, um, I, so I think it's it's actually really, really interesting, and I think it's something we see, you know, throughout all of esports, and I think it's actually a, a very, very interesting kind of phenomenon and, and an issue, I guess, that a lot of people have talked about. Um, so, you know, like, thinking about traditional sports, you know, teams go through this stuff all the time. They have ups and downs, they have, you know, booming periods, they have rebuilding periods, whatever, um, but, you know, generally, you keep that same, like, kind of core, passionate fan base, Um and this is kind of a problem that esports struggles with. I mean, one, it just doesn't have as much history as, as traditional sports, obviously. Um, but also, two, in traditional sports, you have, you know, regions or cities or states or whatever that your teams are from. And in esports, we're generally drawn to our teams or whatever because of the personalities we love. You know, there's no rhyme or reason why you like TSM or somebody else likes Cloud9 or whatever. You know, all these teams are based out of Los Angeles. They all are pretty much competing in the same esports. So, um, you know, I know when we were talking, I was like, yeah, when I first got into League of Legends, Bjergsen was super cool. TSM was super cool. When I start watching, you know, it's like, those are the guys and the players I want to root for. Um, and now that those guys are moving on, that's where a lot of the TSM fan base has lied. And yes, there is absolutely some up and coming people in the TSM organization, like you said, Wardell with TSM Valorant, but new TSM fans... TSM and Valorant didn't end the year that strong. They didn't have a great 2021 season. So even if you really like Wardell or you really like TSM or whatever, you don't have super strong memories or like, it, you know, not that big title they won or that big championship run. Uh, and the same thing with the TSM League of Legends team right now. I, I love Spica. Defending MVP. He had a great year. He's an awesome, fun, exciting player on and off the rift. You know, great at content. Very, very exciting player. But... Um, as a TSM fan, what's my best memory with Spica? Uh, you know, they won the summer championship. That was great. 0-6 at Worlds. This past season, kind of disappointing. There's not really anything super, super strong. You know, I see the potential in Spica as the face of the TSM franchise going forward. Um, but we need those big moments. We need those big, exciting things that, that maybe drew some people to TSM in the past. That drew us to Bjergsen, to Doublelift, to some of these other guys. Um, and it's, it's a problem that I think TSM is going to struggle with for the next couple of years. And, you know, they're rebuilding, they, they think they're on a path to, you know, hopefully create the next faces, but this transitionary period where the organization is, is kind of faceless to a lot of fans right now, um, I see as a, as a pretty big issue. And it's one that I'm dealing with myself as, as a, as a fan, you know, it's like, who am I rooting for? What, what am I doing with my, my time, you know? Well, and, and, and I think that's a really good point. And I'm going to pitch you something that I want to see your thoughts on. And I'm going to pitch this to everybody in, in all of TSM land. Underdog story. Underdog story. When was the real true? Because every single year, right, it's been, oh, TSM will figure it out by summer, right, in Worlds. They'll figure it out, right, every year. This year, we're looking at, and, and, and in my opinion, there are, there are three top-level teams currently in the LCS. It's 100 Thieves. TL and EG. Those are my top three teams currently. And I think there's there's a there's a second tier where TSM and C9 lie, and then there's you know the, the bottom tier three teams right now. Could we pitch this story of underdog? Not only for the org, but for the team, where they're they're the ones fighting up for the first time really in the organization's history. And I think I'll let you say. I'll, I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I'll, I'll I'll jump in with mine here on that. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's interesting, and I, and I think it's one way you, you can go. <laughs> I think it's kind of a hard sell for a lot of people because TSM has been that top dog for so long, and they've been the arrogant, cocky fan base. You know, they've been the ones, you know, talking down to everybody else, and you have Reggie, especially going through some of the drama he's went through this offseason, you know, and, and the story surrounding there then I think it's it's tough for a lot of people to all of a sudden be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really, I really hope TSM gets back on their feet. You know, it's like, you, we're not stealing any like Cloud9 or TL fans that are like, oh yeah, I'm going to root for TSM. There's so many people that are like, finally, you know, this is TSM's time. Let's, let's bury them. Let's, you know, beat them down even more. Um, and yeah, I mean, for the, for the TSM fans that are still around, it's, it is going to be something different and it's, yeah, you know, we have some pressure off, which has been a problem in the TSM organization for a long time. You know, new players coming in, not being able to handle the, the pressure, the expectations, all that stuff. Um, so I, I think it's definitely a direction the team's gonna have to go. Um, but especially this first year, I, I don't, you know, I don't see a ton of people, you know, I don't think that's going to be like a big LCS storyline. I think it's going to be more, um, I mean, what I think is more interesting is, is like, is TSM the next CLG or something like that? I've heard more and more people saying that, you know, is this the beginning of the oh, end of TSM? I can't. Which you and I, is know, you and I both well. know that can't happen. That's just, <laughs> they, they literally will not let the organization be that way. I mean, they still have top level talent elsewhere. I do think... I, I think Reggie just cares way too much about the LCS to ever let that be a problem, to be honest. I, and I know that sounds really, really arrogant, maybe, but it's just like, when you look at the... Because I went over this, I think, maybe two or three episodes ago. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, like, I just... I look at Hotshot and what they're doing over at CLG, and I look at Reggie and what he does here at TSM. It feels like the CLG crew are just kind of completely disconnected now. Whereas Reggie's the exact opposite where he is so ingrained. Everybody's like, please, God, just get out for just a second. Please just let us do our thing. Oh, 100%. Um, so I, I also not. think, <laughs> I also think, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. But, but it, part of me also wonders, like, is that what CLG fans were saying at the time? Were they saying, oh, you know, we're, I don't think so. But uh, it is, it's, it's just funny to, to throw that possible. out. No, I um, think it's fair. Another kind of interesting, you know, just talking about storylines and stuff overall, I, I think another interesting way that TSM could go with it, um, you know, definitely a stretch and stuff, but it's like, this is going to be the first time of TSM and Bjergsen, you know, splitting apart. And throughout all their, you know, flops at Worlds or struggles or whatever, there were a lot of people that were like, Bjergsen can get us here, but he is not the player to get us over the hump, you know, he yeah. is just... He doesn't have that thing. He doesn't. Um, and then obviously, even as a coach, still ingraining some of that play style, some of those philosophies and everything. And we're going to see this year, is Bjergsen going to go find success without TSM? Or is TSM going to eventually be able to find success without Bjergsen? You know, not to say Bjergsen was holding them back, but was Bjergsen holding them back to an extent? You I mean, know, his play style is, is absolutely one of macro, right? And we saw that last year. I mean, that first FlyQuest game, I will never probably ever in my life forget that game nine towers right or what was it yeah i think it was nine towers down or something like that with like one kill and, and they still managed to lose that game right because they just they played the macro so hard and then they were like oh wh what are we supposed to do now right and so i i will never forget that and it felt like they did that a lot this season i mean they were the lowest kill tsm team i think i've ever seen um they were like consistently i think seventh or eighth and almost and just kills across the board 
And and that leads me into this new roster. I think I think this is a good time to jump in there because this team, and I've been preaching this on this show, and I and I again I think you and I share a similar mindset in this regard. This team is going to be aggressive. They are going to be unbelievably aggressive. They're bringing over two LPL players who only basically have known aggression for the year and a half that they've both been in the pro scene. You have Spica who wants to be aggressive, the degenerate Huni aggressiveness that will hopefully maybe, you know, mild out or, you know, meet somewhere in the middle. And then Tactical, who is, you know, Malphite Tristana himself. So I, 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 I would love to think, like, see what you would think about this roster. Like, we saw move after move being made, right? And, and we kept thinking, what's coming next? Who are they going to bring, right? And then we heard the rumors of, oh, they're going to the, you know, to do a boot camp in the LPL and the LCK to find the next great players. Like, just take me through real quick and, and, and everybody here for Talking TSM who may not have watched your videos on your channel, which you guys should do. He's putting out great content daily. It's awesome. But um, walk me through your mindset quickly of just, like, from the day Bjergsen left to, to as they start building up this team, like, where were you in, like – oh, they're going to go get Jensen, or or they're going to go do this. Yeah, um, so I, I always thought that the Jensen storyline would have been very, very interesting, you know, having just Bjergsen and Jensen swap. That would have been, you know, a smash hit in my mind, but um, I never was really too sold on Jensen just because that rivalry, you know, is he really going to come over here? Would he want to come over here after TSM fans have been, you know, more or less shitting on him for the past couple of years? <laughs> like, I, it's been rough, um, and, you know, obviously... It would have been interesting, but I was never really too on board with that. But I was totally, I was all on the humanoid hype train, yes. man. I would, oh. the second I heard that, I thought that made so much sense. Um, you know, him, a guy who had already won a couple championships, you know, he had done his thing, getting to come over, get a big paycheck, expand his brand, because I really think the humanoid brand is way below where the humanoid talent and, and skill set and everything is. Um, so I would have thought that that made a lot of sense, and and I thought I thought we were you know headed that direction. Um, other than that, you know I, I was totally fine with with TSM going young or going developmental or whatever, and I think it makes a ton of sense because you know we saw what pretty good looks like last year with Power of Evil, and you know I don't necessarily think that that's the future, um, but I think it is fair to question you know the players that they did end up with. Um, and how much pull TSM has in general these days um, of acquiring the best young talent uh, as opposed to just like, hey, this guy is a young talent. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. No, and I think that makes sense. I will say I was all aboard the Humanoid Train too, man. I was like, he's he's one of my favorite players over in the LEC anyways. I love watching him. You know, all these LPL and LCK guys were like, oh, you take the nameplate off of him and this guy could easily play in our region, no questions asked. And I'm sitting here yeah. and I'm like, dude, TSM pulls this off. They're going to be looking real pretty. I still don't know exactly why this didn't work out. And it's kind of funny because Fnatic still has not announced Humanoid. Like, everybody's pretty sure he's going there. But, like, they've, they've not announced their rosters yet. Like, most of the LEC, it's, I think it's like four teams that are still missing players that they, they just haven't announced or haven't confirmed are coming back. So, you know, I, I, I was holding up hope until until it was very, very, very clear that they were going to the LPL. And and I'm going to say this, too. I think one of the most interesting things is the fact that they are bringing over Chinese players. I really have been preaching that they're, they are building this around Spica. And we're going to talk about Spica here in a minute. But, but this roster just feels like, you know, I mean, TSM was ahead of time when they went and grabbed Bjergsen, right? 
Um, they they were never really like ahead of the time when it came to the LCK. I, I don't really remember many prominent, um, you know, Korean players in the last few years specifically. Um, you know, being on TSM, they they go. Um, you know, they get Sword Art, and everybody's like, okay, you know, LPL, right? You know, you know, uh, I, I feel like they felt like they found their root in that area. Um, and I specifically would love your thoughts on on Kaido and and Shinyi because I'll say this much: I don't know about Kaido yet. I I will say I I heard a rumor. I was told by one of my sources that he is already struggling, according to TSM. I take that with a grain of salt because the guy's been playing with the team for like a week. But yeah. it is interesting that people are already telling other people that he is struggling, which means to me that it seems like people want him to fail. I hope not. This kid's going to have a ton of pressure regardless. Yeah. Let's start with Shinyi though, because I, again, I think this is where we both intersect similarly. This guy looks like an absolute stud. I've already said on here, I think he's going to be the Chinese version of core JJ in a couple years for the LCS. Should they be able to keep him? How do you feel about Shenyi? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, from from what I've seen from him and heard about him so far, which you know isn't a ton, obviously. Um, I have definitely high expectations for him, and I think even in this first year, he could be a step up from you know what we saw from from Sword Art last year. You know, I don't think Sword Art was bad at all, but I think he's a guy who's obviously probably a little bit past his prime, maybe didn't fit in super super well. Um, and I think that's, you know, a really, really fair question of how are these guys going to fit in, you know, not even let alone how good are they. But I think he's really, really talented. Some of the trepidations I have are um, he looked good in the LPL. You know, he got to play some games for FPX, looked like a beast. How much are you propped up by the players around you is one concern I have. This TSM team is not FPX. You know, they're, they're just not. Um, and I know you talked a little bit about how we want to play the LPL style, how we want to play fast pace up in your face, crazy, all that stuff. And I totally believe that that is what we want to do. I believe that's what we're going to happen, what is going to happen. But, um, I also feel like with some teams, we've potentially heard this before, how we go into an off season, not necessarily like this. We've never seen a team built around this much aggression, this much, you know, LPL upbringing and stuff, but we've heard teams in the off season tell us before, Hey, we want to play a more fast paced style. We yeah. see the way the game going lpl teams are dominant and then they come out for whatever reason whether it's the fans flame you as soon as you go crazy and die one time whether it's because na infrastructure sucks whether it's because you know our coaches don't know how to teach that style or whatever we've seen teams over you know promise and, and under deliver in terms of an lpl style in the lcs before as well um, so I think if we do play a, a fast-paced, exciting style and, you know, Shenny does fit in in North America with the team, I think this guy can be a beast. I think he can be a top three support this year. Um, but there's there's a lot of, of variables going on here, you know, a lot of what-ifs. And that's where I think Chawi really comes in as, like, that mindset. I mean, the, his English, I don't know if you saw their announcement video, it's really good. I mean, this guy yep. is, now I will say, I think, Spika and Chawi are going to have a lot of translating. Like, they're going to have to really figure this system out for this team to run really smoothly. And I think one of the hiccups with an aggressive team is if your communication isn't on point, right? Um, we've already seen pictures and videos of, you know, of Kaido and, and Shinyi looking at champions and learning English. I, I think there's going to be a mix there. I think they're trying to teach them English for the future. I don't expect them in year one to use a whole lot of English. Like if you also showed me a picture of 
tactical and Hooney learning Mandarin right now in a pretty serious way, I would not be shocked whatsoever. Um, yeah. And so, you know, while all that's good, and I think we'll agree, you know, I think Hooney could be anywhere from fifth to second at absolute best, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think Spika's anywhere from fifth to first. People don't want to hear that, but there are five very good junglers in the LCS this year. Yeah, once uh, you start looking around, yeah. Oh, it's 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 insane. Um, you know, and, and I think Tactical can easily be a top three. I don't think, I think it's like 50-50 beyond that. Um, and, and like you said, Shen Yi, I think there's not a whole lot of competition in support. I, I think he could very easily make his way to an all-pro selection as well. But that comes down to the biggest, and I think, unfortunately for him, the player with the most pressure. I'm really, really hoping that he doesn't learn English well enough to understand all the insults that are going to be thrown his way from the TSM fans, at least at the start. I've been preaching patience with this kid. Like, please just give him a chance to really turn himself into something. I don't know if you got to hear my explanation for him, but the fact that a kid played for one year and played 23 different champions, the fact that he really seemingly just played for whatever the team needed, and and when he was given the opportunity to carry, he generally did on a team that was pretty bad in the LDL in all regards, and the fact that he went from spring being like very middle tier at best to actually being a top five LDL mid laner by the summer gives me hope that this kid can develop what what do you think of kaido like truly like you're you know you've, you've talked about a little bit on your video but like give me like a real breakdown in your mind of just where do you see him right now yeah so i mean my thoughts and opinions again obviously not coming from a ton of you know background and stuff into him we've all been diving into this stuff as much as we can the last couple of weeks um, I think he's super, super raw, like you're saying. Yeah, he, you know, he made some progress from spring to summer. He's on the come up. He's developmental. He's not there yet. He's not super, super polished. Um, and and I obviously, you know, I don't love talking about ages and stuff in esports. And I think it's way overblown a little bit. But also, he's either 20 or 21. You know, like yeah. Cloud Nine got Berserker. You know, he's 18. That gives you a little bit more room. Obviously, I'm not saying 20s old, but I'm just saying there's yeah. a difference between a 17-year-old Chinese prospect and a 20-21-year-old Chinese prospect. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I, I don't totally think he's there yet. I think there's definitely talent and, and promise, obviously. Um, like you said, he was good on a not-bad team, and that is is weird to me as well sometimes because we've seen we've seen good players stand out on bad teams and that'd be a great sign um but then we've also seen you know bad players stand out on bad teams sometimes it's just like hey somebody's gonna win some game you know somebody's gonna get the resources and pop off and this stuff and it it, it can be hard to to tell sometimes but what does you know it's good and bad this is going to be a real um, you know, task for TSM is the fact that this guy isn't super polished. He isn't super refined. They're not getting, you know, like a humanoid or a Jensen. They're not getting a finished product. So they're going to have a lot of work to do. And like you say, there's a ton of, you know, things going on as far as language barrier, communication. There's going to be a million things this guy has to worry about. The the fan base or criticism or whatever he got last year in the LDL, this is going to be something he's never even imagined before. Um, but also... How good is the TSM coaching staff? How good is the TSM infrastructure? How well can we develop a player in North America, you know, isolated, not even just TSM? How good can we develop somebody in North America, you know, playing against uh, 
other mid laners in solo queue or whatever, um, I think are going to be some big questions. Even if this guy has the talent, even if there's some world where he has the potential to be the best mid laner in the LCS, um, can NA bring that out? Can TSM bring that out? Um, and that that's even if he is all that. Oh, absolutely. I think the one advantage that we do have is the fact that China as a whole is just better than North America right now. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. And my hope is that if he's performing well in China, that I can already name like four or five LCS mid laners that are probably not as good as him. And I think as long as my, my personal opinion for Kaido, at least for year one, is as long as he can be a top five or six mid laner in the LCS for year one, I think TSM and TSM fans are going to be really happy. Where they're going to have a problem is if he's like ninth and 10th in, in, in almost every statistical category. And then truly my, my opinion is they'll either just, you know, bring up takeover um, or more likely, I think if they really think the rest of the team is there, I truly think they go out and they really try to sign Jensen or Jazuke. I, I really think that that's where they go with it. If they really think that like the other four players are there, which is, is absolutely a possibility Maybe this kid just needs some more time or something. I think they go out and they sign somebody. And then I think what they probably will do is they will probably start a boot camp in September in China again, looking for the next best player and say, hey, we got four great players to build around. Come on over, hopefully. But uh, they signed yeah, I just, both of them. To I had a couple games. quick things that I just yeah. was thinking about that one to get out real quick. Um, so part of my thing with Kaido as well is that, you know, he's a Chinese solo laner. Chinese solo laners have not been necessarily the greatest thing. Even top LPL teams are uh, importing a lot of Korean solo laners. I think that's something that's kind of getting lost in this whole conversation. A he's a Chinese solo laner, and he's not, you know, he wasn't regarded as like the number one LDL mid laner either. So he's maybe not even the best young Chinese solo laner. You know, I think Chinese players are great. There's a lot of awesome Chinese players, but um, it's not like they've had, you know, a reputation or pedigree um, for mid laners and stuff. And then as far as you talking about, you know, maybe he's struggling in the preseason and stuff. I know this is something that I've talked about uh, in my videos a little bit recently. Is just thinking back last year, um, Fudge, this guy was rated as like the ninth or 10th best top laner uh, after the lock-in tournament. Yeah. Um, and just kind of saying that even though I am definitely critical of Kaido, I'm not super, super excited about him. Um, understanding that I don't read too much into early season stuff, preseason stuff, lock-in stuff. Um, you got to give these guys time. So even if he is struggling now, that wouldn't be a super big red flag to me. Well, yeah, and I think we both agree. Spring is essentially worthless this year. I mean, it, it really, truly... like. At least in years past, it was worth something towards Worlds. Like, now it is literally just an extended preseason in my mind. And the best team is is probably going to be one of... It's probably going to be TL or, or 100 Thieves, most likely, because they have players that, that have played together the most slash are the most veteran, and one of them is probably just going to end up going. So, for everybody else, it kind of just doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, let's develop all the talent that we're trying to figure out and build that team cohesion. Um, sure. And so, you know... Speaking of like the team and team cohesion, I, I this is a topic that I am going to watch throughout the year. I know that you probably are too. Spica, Spica and TSM. Now, I'm sure you saw this too. Doublelift was telling Spica only one more year, man. Right? Like he and Doublelift are very close. Um, Spica is 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 a very intelligent guy. He obviously watched all of the stuff that happened with TSM this offseason. 
on the other side, he sees that TSM are trying to bring him what he wants in a team. I think that's very clear at this point. Um, it seems to me like they're like, "Hey, what do you want? We are going to give you everything. You want to? You want two two you know two Chinese players? Done. You want a, a coach that knows Mandarin? Done. You said you wanted to go to the LPL one day. Well, we're bringing that to NA. Is the way it feels like to me. I mean, where do you think that Spica and TSM stand in terms of just their relationship right now? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'm sure their relationship is good. Like you say, they're they're kind of doing everything they can to accommodate him. Um, but kind of to me, when I look at this Spica situation, like you said, someone I'm going to be following very, very closely, someone I'm going to be talking about a ton, um, is a couple things. Um, I think it's not a great sign for TSM that he has talked about wanting to go to the LPL. Um, you know, he said like, hey, I you know don't want to waste my prime. I want to try and play at the highest level. I think they're really good over there. Um, and if TSM was the best LCS team, you know, if they're consistently winning titles, if they're going to Worlds, you know, they could make this pitch of like, hey, you know, we can give you the highest level in your own backyard, you know, then maybe that'd be something to entice him. But if you have a guy who at a young age is, is you know, aspiring for something great, really trying to reach high goals, that's awesome. And that's part of what, what makes Spica different and, and amazing and stuff. Um, I think it's going to be hard to, to pitch him the, the fourth best LCS team uh, going forward in the future. I think it's a problem they're going to run into. Um, and like when I, this is, you know, this is a contract year, obviously. Is TSM's going to be the third or fourth place team this year, most likely? It's going to be a tough sell. You know, they're going to really have to make some strides and stuff this year. I think another thing that is also going to impact this whole thing is Team Liquid. Because you talked about how him and Doublelift are, are really close and have a good relationship. I think him and Bjergsen more so are, are close and have a good relationship. And not only like, you know, him leaving to TL, which I've heard some people talk about, you know, I don't know what I think about that, but more so. Is Bjergsen able to find success somewhere else? Is Bjergsen satisfied somewhere else? Is Bjergsen happy somewhere else? You know, they're, TSM's pitching Spica. Hey, you can be the, the face of this thing. Well, here's a guy who already had that experience. Here's a guy who was the face of this thing and is leaving worse for him. Does, does Bjergsen go to TL and he sucks? He hates it and he wants to come back? Or is he like, hey, man, this is great. You're like, get out of there. Like, things, things are going to get better so much faster. Um, so I think there's a lot of different factors at play, and I, I think how successful Bjergsen and TL this year could absolutely impact, uh, you know, potentially what, what Spica thinks about the future as well. I hadn't even thought about that, because I, I just quickly wanted to go look at um, the contract that Bjergsen signed, um, and it's, it's, it's interesting, um, you know, because it is a two-year contract, um, and it looks like TL plan on a two-year run. They've locked everybody except for Han Sama and Core JJ up. So, you know, Bwipo, Santorin, and Bjergsen, they're locked up through 2023. Han Sama's through 2024. He is the youngest of this old man squad, as I'm going to call them, as a joke, obviously. It is kind of funny, though. I think, actually, everybody except for Han Sama is 25 years or older on this team, which is really shocking to some people. Yeah. Um, Han Sama's 22, I believe, if I remember correctly. But Corey J's contract's actually up this year. I don't anticipate him going anywhere. If anything, I think he jumps in to be their coach potentially, but they got Quijoto, so I don't think they need yeah. to do that. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, I think with speaker, I think you're, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, I, I'm really already convinced that he's leaving to be completely honest with you. I think if, it, if I think if an LPL opportunity is there, at least with a team that's not going to be complete trash, right? Um, I think he would strongly consider that. I also truly believe that if Santorin for some reason doesn't work out, like if he's still having those unfortunate, you know, migraines and stuff like that, um, and they, you know, and TL decides that they want a new a new uh, jungler, Steve is going to pay for Spica. He will absolutely match or best TSM's best offer probably every single time. Um, and, you know, my mindset is, like, I have this, like, anxiety about him leaving. Like, I even tweeted out, like, they posted their, you know, looking forward to 2022, and Dunk, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to create such a such a drama-filled thing. I was just throwing my honest opinion out there. Um, I was a little that Spica's not even in it, you know? And they're like, well, there's a theme here, and I'm like, but Reggie's there, and there was, like, somebody else there they they were trying to say with all their new players and this new yeah. you know this new era which is great but it's like boy oh boy if Spica's supposed to be your brand for the LCS coming up and you don't even put him on your new year's postcard like yeah maybe we need like a, a new postcard maybe we need a new idea for it then. <laughs> we need to just take Reggie's picture out and put speakers in maybe. yeah you can have an FTX jersey on too yeah for sure i mean he's here in the US i'm sure you can easily just drive over to him and be like hey plop this on real quick and sit outside next to a tree i don't yeah, know sure. i mean it's just like i just like they're i'm so apprehensive about it because i want to love this team i want to believe in everything that they're building but like for me if speaker's not there next year right like then what did they do with all this like there's yeah. a real world in my opinion there is a very real world where we end up with just sheng yi and maybe tactical in 2023 on this team. Yeah. Cause tactical is signed. I believe through, I got this up already. Uh, he's signed through 2023. Kaido is 2024 and Shinji's 2024 as well. Um, and then just, and speak on Huni are gone theoretically after this year. So there's a real world where they're like, Hey, you know, at least we got Shinji. Like that was our big get for the last, you know, two years basically. And now we lose speaker. Like, does he become your face? Like, I, I don't know. But, I mean, it's just – maybe it may – I don't know. You could tell me I'm blowing this all out of proportion. But, like, this whole season is going to be – because I really had hoped that with all these signings and stuff, we would hear Spica extension announcement before the beginning of the season, right? Where they, they, they made it very clear to him and they were like – because I don't remember – do you remember how long it is that you have to be on an LCS team to get percentages in the team? Uh, no, no, no. I, I don't know. I want to say it's like four years, maybe three or four yeah, years, something like that. like that. I know they keep changing. The, it seemed yeah. like they were changing the rules to fit Bjergsen oh, for a for while. Sure, for sure, because, you know, now he's not even on TSM, but he's still technically owns part of the team. I yeah, still don't no, understand no. how that's not a conflict of interest. But regardless, my, my point is, is that Spica will be heading into, you know, year two and a half, basically, when two, when 2023 comes around. The only way that I think that they, that he signs an extension is if they give him percentages of the company, um, shares you know in, in in the company of TSM, and they have they put it whenever it's allowed in his in his contract. They sign them to like a three year deal or something like that, you know, and maybe it's in year two where he just gets part of the company. I think that would be a way to keep him. But I truly think that TL would absolutely one hundred percent take Spica 
even right now, honestly. Like, I, I only have Spico lower on my fantasy rankings just because that's fantasy. I don't think in terms of talent that Spico's worse than Santorin. I mean, I like Santorin, but I think Santorin plays one style very, very well, whereas Spico can play multiple. So, I don't know. I, I'll let you talk about it for a second if you think that this is completely outlandish or not, but that's where I'm at with Spico right now. Yeah, no, and, and I mean, like we were talking about, you know, I'm not one to, you know, shy away from the hot takes and stuff and, and going at it, and maybe it's a little premature to, to be saying, you know, he's gone or whatever, but um, I mean, at this point, I would say we're, we're heading in that direction. I mean, putting myself in Spika's shoes, I'm looking around, and I know there's, there's for sure better opportunities team-wise, there's probably better opportunities financially, you know, outside of ownership, stake, or whatever. Yep what is TSM really offering? You know, they're, they're the team that, that gave you your shot. They're the team that is willing to, you know, cater to all, you know, everything you want or whatever. But, um, I mean, historically TSM has been this team that it's like, Hey, come here. We'll build you into a brand that nobody else in the world can offer you. And I don't think that's what TSM is anymore. Like whether it's, they've taken a step back, maybe even if they haven't, other teams have for sure taken a step up. Is Spika less of a star on TL? Is he less of a star on Cloud9? I think that Cloud9 could potentially be an interesting player in this whole thing too. I know the narrative I've been spinning recently is that LS might not really like Blabber. Especially if we get Summer Split Blabber, uh, you know, in the Spring Split. LS has been very, very critical of this guy in the past. I don't know if Spika would go to C9 or not, but I could potentially see 2023 Cloud9 having a jungle spot opening up. TL obviously makes a ton of sense. Um, and then, yeah, the LPL is always going to be there. Um, but, you know, I hear Reggie and Parth talking about how, hey, we're not going to spend as much money anymore. We're, we're trying to dial our spending back. We're building towards the future. And that's great. You know, that's that's one way to, to do it. But if I'm a young guy in my prime, knowing that esports careers are short and knowing that I've already said... I'm not looking to waste my prime. I'm looking to maybe go to the LPL. I don't really see TSM and Spika's visions of the next couple of years aligning all that much. Mm -hmm. um, and he, as soon as he hits free agency that first day, he's going to have some crazy offers thrown at him. Now, obviously, that's all based on how good he is this year. You know, Spika, the defending MVP, is different than Spika, the fifth best jungler in the LCS, potentially into 2023. Yep. He's betting on himself a little bit. I'm sure, you know, if he doesn't have a great year, this TSM offer he's getting right now might be the best. But if he comes out and is a monster again, he's going to have some crazy offers on the table. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine if TSM fans were kind of hoping for Spika to have a down year just so they can resign him? I could totally see that being a narrative on Reddit. I absolutely can. But yeah, I mean, if you don't expect the team to, you know, this team's not winning worlds this year, so. I mean, it's it's one angle. It would take an it would take a miracle performance for this team to go in and win worlds. I mean, even more so than a normal LCS miracle performance. Like it would take like I don't I I, I can't even. There's there's not a world where I fathom this team currently winning worlds. Sorry guys, as much as yeah. I of TSM fan as I am, um, I don't think that's happening right now. But you know, could could in the future. We'll see. Um, we're gonna head into our last our last section here. And we actually are going to talk about TSM as a roster and, and where we see them. Now, you hinted at it. Fourth is where you currently see them. 
my power rankings, which, yes, they still haven't come out. I'm really sorry. I'm busy as hell. I just have not had a chance to get them done. I swear to you, they're, 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 they haven't really changed at all. It's just publishing and, and all the other stuff I need to do with it. But I currently see TSM as fourth. I explained why a while ago. I would love to see or hear where, where you see them. Do you still see them as fourth right now? And then we'll talk about end of spring too. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, right. I mean, so part of what I said fourth was um, defending myself from flame a little bit. I'm thinking <laughs> even in the most optimistic TSM fan, I think it's a little bit tough to to say they're going to be third. I think you could, you could believe they're going to be third. If you say they're going to be second, I, you know, I'm definitely fighting back on that one. But, but yeah. third, I think is, is possible. I think fourth is very, very doable. Um, but I, I mean, I, I want to say fifth. I, I really think that some of these other rosters are, are starting to grow on me. Um, and I have a lot of questions about TSM. I've been very critical of Hooney. I am not the biggest fan of him. I, I don't see what a lot of other people see. Um, I think Spica is obviously a mantra. I'm a huge Spica fan. But something interesting that you brought up uh, previously was how much... Spica is going to have to do on this team and roster. You know, he is the face of this now, but also the communication aspect of juggling everything on and off the rift that they're going to have going on. That's going to be a lot of work. You know, Spica for a while was the young player who got to sit back and, and just do his thing. He didn't have high expectations. Now he's the guy and he's also the Chinese guy that needs to, you know, be the linchpin for this whole thing. Um, is that going to take away from his gameplay? You know, I, I don't know. And like you said, Jungle's Jungle's crazy this year. It's it's just absolutely loaded, especially if we see summer playoffs closer, if we see LEC MVP inspired, you know, if we get those guys in form, this could be a rough year. Um, obviously, we talked about our questions with Kaido. Tactical. I love Tactical. I thought it was a good pickup. He's what who he's who I wanted TSM to get. You know, I part of me wishes TSM had stuck with him back in the day. But it's absolutely fair. I think you are not being fair at all if you are not asking the question, how good is this guy without Core JJ? Mm -hmm. So many, you know, young AD carries are, are like, I wish I got to play my entire career with Core JJ. Holy, like, you are the luckiest man in the world. You're making all this money, and you've got to play with, lane with, and learn from you know, maybe the best LCS player of all time. Um, Shenny, he could be very good. He's not Core JJ, at least yet. Um, and then Shenny, I, you know, I think he's going to be good, but, but still, you know, how good is that bot lane going to be? How exactly are they going to be? And there's a lot of good teams in the LCS this year. I really like a lot of the off seasons we had cloud nine, very, very fair to have a ton of questions about them. EG obviously has some question marks, but like, there's some ways things could go right for, for those teams as well. So, you know, EG, C9, TSM, you have them in any order. I wouldn't really argue with you too much. Um, but I don't think it's unfair to, to have TSM fifth. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would say the one thing I will say, by the way, is I am very high on this EG team. I think that team potentially by even next year is the best team in the LCS, by the way. I think that that's not being talked about nearly enough at all. Like they're, they're the most underrated team in the LCS for sure. You have Impact, Inspired, and Vulcan just right there. Could each be the best player in their position in the LCS? Like that, It's yep. possible. You know, Vulcan... <laughs> Vulcan has been in that conversation before, even though Corey JJ is, you know, consistently better than him. He's top two. Yeah. Impact has been that. And Inspired, 
I don't know if people don't understand how good this guy is, he is but that's possible. And he's so young. People do not understand. It's like people think he's been in the LEC for like multiple years. No, last year was his first year, and he won an MVP, and he made like four iconic plays, and yeah. and he's super young. Like EG, in my opinion, that was the best pick pickup of the offseason. By the way, I just I yeah. I think amongst any team in the LPL, LCK, you know, anywhere, I think that that was the best pickup. Yeah, and one thing about him that I love, I mean, not to go too far off track, but um, with Inspired, he had all this pressure. You know, Rogue was this really, really good team. They had great regular seasons. You know, they have the choke meme, whatever. This guy made clutch plays in big moments to get this team that had all these issues and and really sucked a lot of the time. He got them to Worlds. Like, as a young player coming up clutch in those moments with the pressure and expectations on, I think he's a great candidate to have a very, very successful transition um over into the lcs and you know he's, he's gonna MVP. be getting paid for it as well <laughs> i see him as a future mvp either this split or even next split at a minimum i think he wins at least yeah, one of for them. sure um, yeah and then how good are jojo pune and danny gonna be you know nobody knows your guess is as good as mine but those three like when you're looking at tsm c9 and eg i think eg has the most talented core mm-hmm. you know of those three teams so it's hard for me to not put them above tsm and c9 to, to you know start the season Yep, and that's how I see it too. I have more questions about C9 because of the staff. I'm not an I'm not an LS hater or anything like that. I do not. I think Be he careful. Has some no, no, don't worry. My my opinions are, uh, on LS are pretty lukewarm, honestly. Like I think he's super smart. I do think that there are reasonable questions on how he can you know run this team, um, you know, and I think he's it's going to take him time as well. Like I would pre- preach you know patience to C9 fans as well. Uh, my biggest problems come with with Fudge, um, and with their bot lane being an absolute amalgamation of uh, who knows who knows. <laughs> there are six players basically vying for two spots, and that's yeah. going to take time to sort out. And even when it does sort out, it's going to take time for them to then come together. So, you know, that's why I had TSM fourth. I have an idea of where their floor is. I do think their ceiling could be second, and the only reason I say that is if. 100 Thieves takes a step back just because the rest of the LCS has gotten a lot better. Um, that's the only team that I could see. And then, and then I really do think that there are questions with TL too where, you know, these players are not – they're like at the very end of their primes for most of them in terms of yeah. what they what teams have done in the past. And one's coming off a year of just coaching. You know, one's coming off of just being a jungler. You know, one's coming off the migraine issue. You know, uh, Core JJ is the oldest player in the LCS by a pretty decent margin now. Like – there's a lot of questions with, I think, every team, realistically. 100 Thieves is the one that I have the least amount of. But, like, I think their their absolute ceiling this year is to my floor for them. And TSM fans are going to hate me so much, guys. I, please, I love you so much. Do understand? I just, I'm trying to be a realist here. My floor is eighth. I could see them finishing somewhere around eighth. I think... The LCS has gotten a lot better. I think the teams that I have below TSM currently are, in no particular order, Golden Guardians, C9, and Immortals. And I think all three of those teams, if things go very much right for them, they can definitely push TSM out of their position if TSM's things aren't going going well. well I mean, where do, where do you see them? I mean, I, I, I will say this. There's no chance that they are worse than Dignitas, or CLG, or even FlyQuest, in my opinion. Yeah. So actually, I guess I have them going down to 7th. 7th, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, so I totally agree that bottom three clump, 
I hate a lot of what a lot. Of, I, I think CLG had a good off season. But I think they were coming from such an impossible place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They're, they have a whole mess. Dignitas and FlyQuest. I really pretty much hate everything that they're doing. Um, they are not coming from the same place as CLG. They're coming from much better places and are still, yeah. Bottom three clump. Get that out of here. Seventh, I think is is possible. My, I, if I if you just ask me, I would say their floor is is sixth. I could see maybe one of Immortals or Golden Guardians. I don't know which one. Um, you know, jumping up, saying that they perform at their absolute best, and TSM is a dumpster fire. Um, I think it would be tough for for both of them in the same world to to both overperform but you know i I definitely understand where you're coming from um so yeah i mean if you're talking worst case scenario i'd say sixth i think for me a more realistic floor is is fifth um second i i could see and and i like what you're saying about 100 thieves that i think if if i'm saying people are underrating eg i'm saying that people are overrating 100 thieves a little bit um I don't love the idea of keeping the same roster, and I think historically, um, keeping rosters the same has not yielded better results into you know subsequent seasons. Um, like you said, all the other teams are improving, or you know theoretically improving year over year, and they're also hundred thieves. You're the defending champion. They're also improving to be able to take you down specifically. Um, I'm also a little bit skeptical of six-man rosters. I don't think that has historically been a great thing either. I think someday, I think it's an honorary thing, dude. I think they just are appreciating the fact that he carried that entire organization for the first three years. Yeah, no, I I can totally see that. Yeah, I think he was a shell of himself in 2021. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, TSM, I... I, I could see second, I could see a six, but yeah, I think, you know, three through five is is really where they're going to be living. Part of me is like, you know, last year they finished fourth ultimately. Yeah, they were first in the regular season or whatever. I Regular season, huge problem right now in like the LCS and LEC, how yeah. irrelevant and stupid it is. Like, complete joke, definitely hurts viewership, yada, yada, you know, whole different conversation. So I don't read too much in their first place finish. They finished fourth. And is this team better in isolation or relatively to the rest of the LCS. And, um, you know, I, I don't really think so. So it's tough for me to move them up too much, but also what you said at the same time, all the, you know, the top five teams in the LCS, they all have narratives and storylines of how good they are, but they all have questions and issues. It's really weird this year, um, that every team has like a real best and worst case scenario. So, um, it is hard to, cause obviously where they're going to finish is going to be relative to all the other teams, so many variables at play, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think they're better this year than they were last year. So um, it's hard for me to, to you know move them up too much. See, and that's where I would argue with you. I think that as of right now, they could definitely be better. I don't think that they are yet, but I think come the end of spring, I actually think they will be better. And and here's why: I think Huni actually meshes better when he's with a team in their second year. Um, he's good friends with Spica. I know that you're not a big fan of Hooney. I watched him. I went back and forth. I talked about it every single week, twice a week <laughs> during the regular season. And what I can tell you is, is that he makes a lot of really big plays. I do think not having somebody like Alfari in the LCS is actually going to help him. Um, funny enough, I think someday and tenacity having to split time is going to help him. I think fudge. I, while everybody's really high on summit and, and I see it, I think there are going to be growing pains with him too. So I see a world where Hooney actually has another like advantageous spot just because of the fact that he is staying on the same team and is like one of the only real truly consistent players. Um, 
So I think that it's kind of just even there. I actually think Spica eventually, not not certainly not the beginning, but eventually does take another step forward because I think he is going to learn to be the leader. I think he's going to he's not going to have anybody opposing him to be the leader either, right? Like this is his team. I think he's going to shine. It's going to take a little while for them to get the communication aspect done. But once players are able to hear his callouts and him calling throughout the game, I think he's just so cerebral that I do think he takes a step forward. Obviously, Kaido is not as good as Power of Evil. People got upset with me for saying that I could see him being better than Power of Evil. I could see most LCS players being or mid laners being better than Power of Evil. This is not anything against him. I've actually had many great conversations with him in the past. I think he's a very good guy, and I do think he's a very solid player. But I think his floor and his ceiling are like this. They're right there. There's not yeah. a whole lot of wiggle room for him. And I think if Kaido can come in and have the opportunity to be a player that's able to play towards his strengths instead of playing towards what his team needs him to be, I think we'll see a very different version of him. He's not going to be better than Power of Evil this year probably. But I do think by next year he definitely could be. And I honestly think Tactical is a very big upgrade from Lost. It's not Lost's fault, but Lost is not good at playing weak side. I mean, he's just not. It's it's pretty apparent. I think with TSM, the great thing about Tactical is that dude played weak side every single game because of Alfari being on the team, and he still played really well. I think the reason why he malfighted so much was because he wanted to finally do something in games because he had so many games where it was Core JJ like, hey, I'm here to level three and then buy, right? Like. I think I think Core JJ's percentage in bot lane was like twenty percent by the end of the season or something crazy like that. It was something very crazy. It's very low. And I think that Shin Yi, I, I I think Sword Art never really fit in with the team. And I think he really struggled to be able to play the style that he wanted to. Yes, he ended up finishing top three in the summer. I think that was partially because there weren't better options in other people's minds. I actually yeah, thought that Aphromo and Destiny had a better split than him, which is not a very you know that's not a cool take that's i feel like a lot of people are gonna be upset with me about that one but yeah <laughs> um, i think that there's a chance that shinyi can be better too and so when i look at it i say okay yeah shinyi's a little bit of a step down kaido's definitely a step down but i think that tactical is the piece that nobody's really seemingly talking about everybody's so focused on everybody else i think tactical is is the piece that that does raise them you know they go from having arguably the sixth best ad carry to likely a top three ad carry in the lcs and yeah i'm sure like core jj cool i i absolutely 100 get it but i also know that double lift came over with a definitely worse support and i'm not comparing tactical to double lift i'm just saying the situation he left core jj and won a championship and actually played better and i think there are certain supports that raise an entire team and then there are certain supports that just raise an ad carry and i think that core jj raises an entire team more so than he just raises an ad carry so and obviously ad carry is a part of it but i truly think that core jj raises a whole team yeah and i think tactical is going to be free to do more this year they are going to have games where they're going to play through him and we saw what that did two years ago so that's where my hopes lie for them being better but then again, they're obviously the ones that they will be worse. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I I just did like a three minute long rant there. I, I don't know if you think I'm out of my mind, but as we're wrapping up here, I want to know just your final thoughts on that and and give me your prediction. This is your official talking TSM prediction for where you think they finish in the spring. Yeah, 
Um, no, I mean, I, I think it's all super, super fair. And that's something that, like, I don't think comes across super, super great in a lot of my content. It's like, you know, people see one video, one clip or, or whatever for me, and they're just like, okay, you're an idiot. You know, it's like, I'm actually very, very you know, in, in the middle. Like, I totally get both sides. You know, I, 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 this is what I think about all the, all the time. I've thought about how good TSM could be. I've thought about how bad they can be. But at the end of the day, I have to, you know, each video, each whatever, I have to pick an opinion. I can't just be like, oh yeah, they could be good. They could be bad. So it's like, you know, people see me saying, I think TSM's going to struggle this year, or I think TSM sucks or whatever. And it's like, it's like, no, I, I understand both sides. I totally get it. And, and yeah, if everything goes well, um, that definitely could work out. One thing that I'm going to be looking out for that I think could be super, super interesting is talking about them wanting to play this LPL style and, and looking at their pieces and, and saying that, you know, that seems great. You know, a, a speaker in an LPL style, that's going to be so fun to watch. Yeah. And, and Shenny and, you know, all these guys who are going to fit into that great Hoonie and Tactical, it, that is my big question mark with them in, in, in a true LPL style. If a true LPL style comes out, how is that going to go? You know, we've seen Hooney at his best in an LPL style. We've seen him at his worst in an LPL style. I'm having, you know, Lucian top flashbacks where he's, you know, going crazy and he's going to win or lose you the game pretty early on. Tactical in, a, in a, an environment where they're telling him, go forward, do it, go forward. Like, to me, when I watch him play, he's constantly having that struggle of, like, I want to go forward, but I have to hold myself back. And this year, if he is able to unleash himself and just go forward, that could be great. You know, say he jumps in and he has four people jump in with him. Hey, maybe they win those fights. Maybe that's what Tanko always needed. Or maybe we see just the tactical that we've been trying, you know, our best to not bring out coming out consistently and I, I i don't know like we haven't seen it so I, I i don't know how it would play out but i think it's a fair question to ask is like do we really want to bring out that side of tactical do we really want to bring out that side of hooney it could be great but it could be not great as well um so that's kind of where i'm at i hope we get to see it because it'd be fun it'd be interesting i think tsm needs a reason to tune in a reason to get new fans uh, if they're going to be a third fourth fifth place team be different, be interesting, be exciting. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean interesting is, is always good. <laughs> well, you know, the first three letters of interesting are int. So gotta, you got to bring the in. I, I, I will <laughs> say, I, the more you talk about this, I'm thinking like Jekyll and Hyde, the Hulk, right? Like, which side are they going to be? And that's why I yep. really hope they play the lock-in. I'm going to be honest with you. I really, yep. really hope they do because I think I think we're going to get to see some very interesting things. I think we'll actually finally like be able to be like, okay, this is where they're at right now. Let's see how it goes, you know, as the season goes on. Obviously, we saw with last year's TSM team, it took a little while, but once they got going, at least in the regular season, they were great. I think their biggest problem and the reason why they sucked in playoffs, they were just way too predictable. I think this team is so unbelievably unpredictable. I you know, you could get a random Nocturne game again where, you know, you're just like, oh, God, coin flip, um, yeah. you know, or, or not. But, but yeah, give me last thing here before you, before we head out. Give me mm -hmm. your prediction. Where yeah, are they yeah, ending well, up? Yeah, no, one second. Do you think they're going to play the lock-in tournament? No. Okay, no, neither do I. I, I think that's, like, almost 
for for a couple different reasons like i think visa issues are really real but then i think they were already considering not going already um so i i just don't think we are going to see them at the lock-in tournament make them though i really do think that's the case i think they may Mm -hmm. make them play especially if they're if because from what it sounds like to sorry to comment on this too from what i've kind of heard and what i've seen tsm was like already getting visa stuff ready like it felt like apparently they like while there have been a lot of criticisms about the way this team is managed and everything apparently the the infrastructure to bring in these players like you know i mean something that not a lot of people understand is like most of these players make these decisions with talking to their parents by themselves apparently parth and peter were over in this boot camp and i think Chaw we eventually got there too and and they actually went and they talked to kaido and shenyi's parents like one off, like they they talked to them about like hey this is what the expectations are this is them coming over this is what their contract looks like you know i i anticipate that they already had all this stuff figured out like there's a chance that they're you know and and, and also i think korea is being a lot tougher when it comes to visas than china has been um yeah. you know because it, it is both ways people don't realize it's not just the united states like china also has a little bit of a say in how these visas go too um yeah. and 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 so i think I think there's a chance that they're available, and I think if they are, then the LCS is going to make them. I think if only Spica's available, I think we definitely see Spica, honestly. I think they just want to get him some time, and if he's going to be the face, then I don't see why he doesn't play. You know, maybe he practices with the main team and then plays, you know, with the academy team. Sucks for Hyper, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, no, I, I think so that'd be the right move. There. That's, that's where I'm at with that one. I do think that they... I don't think they end up playing because I do think the visa issue could take time. But if there's a team that could have their visas done, it's TSM. I mean, they got the Sword Art visas done faster than, you know, TL was able to get Alfar or, uh, or uh, what's his name? Broxas. You know, I mean, and he's coming from, he was coming from Europe in a non, you know, pandemic. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was just just curious. Just yeah. curious what you thought. Um, yeah, I don't know. As far as my official prediction, uh, I think the more I think about it, I, I like I said, I do think EG is underrated. And historically, longtime C9 hater, that's what, you know, the, a lot of the flack I get is that I'm overly critical <laughs> of Cloud9. Me and LS have had our back and forths. We don't necessarily get along. You know, everything would be lining up for me to just dunk C9 this year, but I really like a lot of the moves they've made. I think Berserker, like, everything I've seen from this guy, like, he is going to be exciting and fun to watch. Um, Yeah, I I have questions about their support and all that stuff, um, but... I do think at the end of the day that right now, if you ask me, you know, we'll, we'll see how this thing changed over the course of the year, but I would go with TSM in fifth place with, like we talked about, Spica leaving at, at the end of the year. And, you know, obviously that's two hot takes, two, you know, doom and gloom takes. Um, but I do think TSM has taken a step back, you know, intentionally. Reggie will tell you this year. Um, they're, they're rebuilding, they're building towards the future. And I think there's some other teams that are, you know, in more kind of win now mode. Um, and that's, that's just kind of where I'm at. But like I said, I could absolutely see the worlds where they're a little bit higher, but, um, you know, fifth is at least where I'm going to be starting the season at. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, if any of you thought you were going to get my prediction right before, or, you know, two weeks before the season even started, you're crazy. You're crazy. (laughs) It's not happening for a couple weeks. You'll have to check out the show later, but, um, yeah, I'm Jerm. Thank you so much for coming on. Plug yourself, man. Tell the people where to find you. Definitely go hit him. I, I think you hit 10,000 recently. 
right subscribers so help him stay over so the so so that story we we hit 10,000 but right now we're below 10,000 oh, no. um it's it's this constant back and forth of like one you know my main stuff is off season so recently haven't had the off season videos we're in a little bit of a lull right now some people <laughs> jump ship from the off season and then i made the uh e thorin i made like oh, a yeah, i am i saw that dude. dude i lost like 30 subscribers from that or something <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I was getting so much Thorin hate, and I was like, hey, if we got to lose some some Thorins along the way, like, hey, so be it. Um, so, yeah, we're at, like, 9,995 or something. Like, we've hit 10,000, like, three or four times now. It's hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't know. Thank you so much for having me. I This was really, really fun. You know, I definitely hope we can do something again in the future. You know, anytime we can set it up and, and knock it out, I'm always... This is my thing. I'm always going to be here. You know, we, we're going strong. But yeah, youtube.com slash I am germ. Uh, definitely check me out. I would appreciate it a ton. Um, I'm on Twitter and stuff a lot, too. You know, you can reach me, flame me, whatever, anytime. And and uh, yeah, just talking LCS. This is this is my thing. This is what I love. Well, we know we appreciate it. Definitely go. Let's hey, let the talking TSM fans be the ones that get him over that 10,000 for good. Seriously, he puts out really good content, and he's consistently keeping you up to date. There have been things that I missed. I'm super plugged in um, that, that you know, I'm Germ here has, has, has pushed to me. So um, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, if you like the show, take a second to like, subscribe, and comment if you're watching on our YouTube channel. Let me know where you think TSM are going to finish in the spring, especially after this conversation between two very intelligent gentlemen, obviously. Um Hit that bell icon as well so you don't miss another one of our videos. We're putting out some really fun content over there. A lot of Pokemon Unite stuff. Trust me, there's more on the way. There's going to be some cool stuff coming for uh, 2022. Also, forgot to start with this. Happy New Year to everybody real quick, too. So make sure that uh, hopefully you're having a good start to your 2022. Um, you know, let's continue to make this the number one TSM podcast out there. Please share this with your friends. You can find me at TGH Robert Haynes. You can also find the Game House at TGH Esports. And, uh, you know, head to thegamehouse.com as well. We're going to be having a ton of content come out. League of Legends Season 22 is starting next, or not 22, 12 is starting next week. They also just announced, like an hour before the show started, the TSM, or, the, god dang it, the League of Legends live stream where I believe we're going to get the new champion. Um, I think we're going to get what the event's going to be. And I believe we are also heading to Piltover and Zon for the season. So, you know, that should be fun too. But with that, thanks for tuning in. The show comes out every Monday during the off season, and it's still exclusively for your TSM ear holes. I'm Robert Haynes, and this has been Talking TSM. I'll see y'all next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.